Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? Excellent. Uh, I am starting right now. I have a four-day weekend. Yes! Four-day weekend starting right now. I can't think of a better way to start it off than to sit here and talk about sports and argue with you. Oh, I'm with you. I love the fact that you said talk about sports and argue with me, which means you must have some good topics on point for us today. So to start off, before we get into it, let's go ahead and kick it off with how we always do and uh, talk about the people that support us. No matter your level of fitness, if you'd like to be challenged, if you need to be challenged, and you want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the outrageous fee that a personal trainer would normally charge, then training personally with Peggy Edwards is the gym for you to try. Training personally is circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts safe, she keeps them fresh, and she keeps them fun. Check out training personally. Stop in 3634 Boudinot Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio, on the west side of Cincinnati. Uh, check out any information you need is on the website, trainingpersonally.com. She's on Facebook at Training Personally. Uh, you can email her, Peggy, P-E-G-G-Y, at trainingpersonally.com. Um, and uh, you can call her. You can call her. You can text her, 513-328-0296. All the information you need is very available, all those places, or just call Peggy directly. 513-328-0296. And for a not so limited time only. I don't did you mention this because I was reading something else? No. For for an unlimited time, as far as we know. Please stop in. Let her know. Let Peggy know that you heard about training personally from the Nosebleed Sports Podcast, and she will give you your first month of workouts for free. You will not be charged anything for the first month that you belong to that gym. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I tell you, it's just unbelievable. Also sponsored by Green Solace. That's uh, greensolace.com. Green with an E at the end. Um, Liz is an experienced professional massage therapist. She provides you with a massage tailored to your needs, whether it's just to relax and unwind or you need a focus massage on your problem areas. She's got relaxation massages. She's got focus massages. She'll take care of different parts of your aching body, whatever you need. Um, yeah, basically, if, you, if you're in need of a massage, give her a call. She's on the west side of Cincinnati. Um, you can contact her at greensolace.com, book everything online as online. If you would like to, she, uh, the whole thing can be done that way. Uh, you can go to, you can give her a call at 513-702-4178 or email her at elizabeth at greensolace.com and she will set your appointment up and get you hooked up with the massage to make you have a better day. Speaking of having a better day, oh man, that did not work the way I wanted it to. Not having a better day. Adam, before we get this thing started, I think we're going to have to go with one of our least favorite, uh, but for some reason, every time we, we mention it, we get a little chuckle. I don't know why, 
But uh, it's time for the Dearly Departed segment. We had a special one this month. Or this, yeah, this week. This week, yeah. Uh, legendary pitcher Bob Gibson from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, of St. Louis Cardinals fame. Hall of Famer as of 1981, 56 shutouts, nine gold gloves, 3,117 strikeouts. First person, when he retired in 1975, he was the first person to get more than 3,000 strikeouts since Walter Johnson in the 1920s. Goodness gracious. Uh, that 1968 season, Chris, was as good a season as any, and it was the season that made Major League Baseball change the height of the mound. Exactly right. Was responsible for that. What was the ZRA? 1.17 or 1.12? 1.12. 1.12 ERA. He, was, he had uh, 28 complete games, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. in that season. Um, uh, 13 of those were shutouts, by the way. 13 shutout, complete game shutouts. If you had him as a fantasy starter on your fantasy baseball team, you were whooping everybody. Five, five of those shutouts came in a row. Five shutouts in a row. He, at one time during that season, pitched 47 and a third straight scoreless innings. That's unbelievable. Um, More than unbelievable. 40 opponents batted 184 that year against him, 233 on base percentage. I mean, he threw, he threw that many innings. Uh, what was the I, – I had the innings up before. Anyway, you throw 30 – in 34 starts and you throw all nine innings and in 28 of them, you're throwing a ton of innings. Uh, so a, a 184 opponent batting average is that much more impressive. And that 250, many 250 innings just in the complete games, not including the other six, which I guarantee you went seven in. Unbelievable. He won the Cy Young, obviously. I hope he won the Cy Young. And he also won the MVP that year, which is very rare for a pitcher to win MVP. Hmm. That's unbelievable. So MVP and Cy Young that year. Um, they, I believe they won, did they win the World, I think they won the World Series that year. Um, they won two, yeah, won two World Series. I think they went to three or four while he was pitching. Um, let's see, in the 1967 World Series, uh, 27 innings because he pitched three complete games. <laughs> 14, 14 hits in 27 innings. Uh, a one uh, in three starts had a one, an ERA of 1.0. Uh, also five walks and tw 26 strikeouts and five walks. Uh, the man was just incredible. And then even more fun than that, he, he's, you know, all-time great pitcher. And then even more fun than that, in 1970, he hit 303, hit 303 on the year. Had a couple of home runs, had 19 RBIs. The dude had 24 um, lifetime home runs. Yeah. He, they used him that year as a, as a pinch hitter five times in 1970. He, in those five times, he drew two walks and laid down a sacrifice. Uh, let's see. He had at least one hit in 12 of his starts that year and at least one RBI in 13 of his starts. Talk about helping yourself. The man was 
you think of the greats of all time and Bob Gibson is good. We talked about this when, um, um, was it Steve Carlton, Steve Carlton who just died? Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. I always say Steve Carlton. I always do that with Tom Seaver. That's why I made sure I asked before I started saying Steve Carlton was dead. Anyway, Tom Seaver, who like, when you look at his stature, like, Holy cow, this dude might be one of the better pitchers ever. Oh, Bob Gibson. There's no doubt about yeah. Bob Gibson. Like Bob Gibson is up there in, there's no doubt. He, he top five, definitely top 10, but maybe top five all time, possibly Mount Rushmore um, pitcher of all time. Yeah, totally agree with that. I, I haven't thought about the Mount Rushmore, but those are always really fun to think about. And Bob Gibson would be very hard to leave off of that. Um, his that biggest... might, we might have to start doing that as a segment. Every week we just say, we just come up with Mount Rushmore of. Let's do that. I want to do that. Dot, dot. And then like, you know, pitchers, uh, uh, catchers, or, you know, and go off of that. We could do Mount Rushmore of sandwiches, Mount Rushmore of uh, bagged chips or bagged snack, Mount Rushmore of just about anything. I love that. And I just wrote it down so that I don't forget it. I like that. Starting next week, the Mount Rushmore segment. So what are we going to do next week then? Oh, I don't know. We're going to – should we announce it every week ahead of time or should we just come up with one in between and surprise everybody? Um, well, I might give somebody – you know, it could be a nice little tease, you know, for the, for the thousands and thousands and thousands listening and watching at home. Right. Uh, including Steve Carlton, who I is a huge fan of this podcast, and I know I do all time. very I'm offended that you said he was dead. Yeah. But um, yeah, he texts me every time I do it. Every time I do it, when I'm talking about hit Tom Seaver dying, he sends me a text and he says, "Yo, dude, we text each other like once a month. It's me. I'm still alive. You weren't, you know, you weren't Paul. You're not a Paul Bear yet. So, you know, you're good. Yep. That that yep. That that one time he texts you and said. Stop confusing me with Tom Seaver. I am not Tom Seaver. I remember that one yeah. very vividly. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. Go yeah. back and find it. <laughs> okay, well then, so so we can just come up with, since you just came up with this idea, so we got to come up with something on the spot, but it shouldn't be too hard because we can do a simple one. I mean, we can just do, uh, what, you want to do uh, right-handed pitchers or something? No, no, If I, I feel like that's getting – Way too difficult. I feel like we, it, like if we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore. I feel like that's it's easier. One position. I feel like it's easier. It might be easier. I think it's easier because I think you'll you'll have less guys to narrow it down to. Man, but then you, I just no. I like I, I if we're gonna do pitchers, we just do pitchers. Just pitchers. Just start. Okay, just pitchers. Period. Pitchers in general. If you want to throw. Um, if you have any relief pitcher in there that is not named Jesse Orozco, I have a huge problem. Well, there you go, man. I mean, the guy pitched till he was 97 years old. So, um, man, I can't, I keep one, man, I always have, I'm so terrible with names. Oh, and then it comes to me as I'm totally trying to talk this out of my head. The name finally comes to me. I was going to say just the only one that is automatically has to be left out is John Rocker. <laughs> and, which is funny because Mount Rushmore is made out of giant rocks. So you would think John you know, Rock would definitely be in there. He'll build it for us. He'll, 
you know, he'll carve it out of stone for us. Since that's what he's doing for a living now, I'm sure. He's doing oh, some sort of construction work or something. He's he's calling people he's calling people uh bigoted names and doing things on a daily basis now that he's not in the public eye. Maybe he just rides the subway for a living, meaning he stays at the subway and asks people for money. Could be. Hey, by the way, John, if you're listening, man, just a joke, dude. Just playing around. No, no harm, no foul. We love you. You're, you know, you got in some trouble before. Sure, you're a good dude. You're also very big and scary. And I don't want to mess with you because you'll knock my teeth out. Yeah. He didn't seem like a guy that had it all together upstairs. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you are listening um, and you find a way to track, track me down where I live, then, then yes, in that case, it is just a joke. <laughs> because I'm, I'm afraid of you. Speaking of that. Adam Schmidt. So we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of pitchers next Wait, week. And we got off. Yeah. So sorry, go ahead. No, you got some more to, to say about, about I, Bob Gibson. Yeah, I was going to say, and we got off topic a little bit there. I'm, I'm sorry for that, but one of my favorite things, um, and, and I'm, you know how I am about, you know, pitchers throwing at people and stuff like that, but that was his like hallmark. That was Bob Gibson's hallmark was you hit a home run off of him or something or did anything where he was, not happy with it. He was kind of an ornery guy and he would, he would hit you or he would brush you back for sure. The next time you came up and he was, Oh no, you got hit. No, there's no brushing back with Bob Gibson. Old boy just hit you. Old boy. Just, if he brushed you back, it means he missed. He didn't throw it where he wanted it, which happens, happens a lot. Happens a lot. It, it, it happens. Uh, but Bob Gibson was hitting you on purpose every time. And I, I feel like he would admit it. Um, but, but one of my favorite things when we were looking at stuff, when I was reading stuff about Bob Gibson, um, was a quote from Dusty Baker. And he was talking about how Hank Aaron gave him a bit of advice uh, one of the first times that, that Dusty Baker was going to face Bob Gibson. Uh, Dusty said, Hank Aaron told him, don't dig in against Bob Gibson. He'll knock you down. He'd knock down his own grandmother if she dared to challenge him. He said, don't stare at him. Don't smile at him. Don't talk to him. He doesn't like it. If you happen to hit a home run, don't run too slow. Don't run too fast. If you happen to want to celebrate, get in the tunnel first. If he hits you, don't charge the mound because he's a golden gloves. I love that. And Dusty responded to that and said, what about my 17-game hitting streak? And then he said, that was the night it ended. <laughs> I, so here's, a good, here's another good one I heard about Bob Gibson. Uh, Tim Kirchin was telling this story the other day on the radio. So Bob Gibson, his very la- the very last person he ever faced was some, some guy with the Chicago Cubs. Very last, and the guy hit a home run. Very last batter in Bob Gibson's career hit a home run off of him. Eight years later, because they used to do these all the time, have these old-timer baseball games. They bring all the old-timers back and play a real, live, legit baseball game with, like, 60- and 80-year-old men and stuff. Like, uh, 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 Willie Mays played in these forever. Yeah. Anyway. He was 65 when he retired from regular baseball. He was 65 when he was a rookie. <laughs> just, look at his, just look at his rookie card. He looked like he was 65. Anyway. So eight years later, or five, it was either five or eight years, something like that. Bob Gibson was pitching in an old timers game. And that same guy came up and he hit him with the first pitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that. I love it. I know you don't like people getting hit, but I love silly things like that. I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I love silly things like that in an old-timers game because Bob Gibson wanted to keep that reputation, and I'm sure there was some, uh, some fun uh, – you know, some fun energy with it. But also, I know Bob, Bob you know Gibson Bob was Gibson? real about it. Huh? <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard about Bob Gibson, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, he wanted to hit him. He wanted to hit him. But uh, in the old-timers game, I'm sure it was it – was, uh, they, they played it off like it was a fun thing, even though Bob Gibson did get a little, did get a little happiness out of hitting him because of the home run. Um, yeah. So anyway, yes, uh, that, that was – it's fun to, to think about legends like that. In today's game, it's getting all weird uh, because it, it's guys are throwing 100 miles an hour regularly now. Like everybody throws that hard now. And um, it's, it's guys – not everybody, but guys have more command. I did that again. I should not be putting my really skinny bright white arm up like that on this. Uh, I, I just feel like you were showing the guns off. You were just like, look at this is my look at the meat. Yeah. Oh, big Johnson. You have real, you have, you have real uh, but when I do that, it's like. Um, you know what the difference is? You were just it, going like this and I was like tensing everything in my entire body and almost blew blood, blew a blood vessel trying to do anything to make my arm look different. <laughs> um, I threw the old spaghetti strap up there and I, I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, the, the, the guys in today's game, it's getting, it's getting all silly. And you and I have had this, this we'll call it a conversation um, many times now. I'm ready. We're on, we're kind of on different ends of the thing. We've, I think we've come to, quasi agreements on some details of some of these instances sure uh, but there was another one that just happened the other day excuse me uh in game one of the braves marlin series the division series um i think it's sandy alcantara sandy alcantara uh starting pitcher for the marlins one of the three or four starting pitchers who had outstanding years for them who I had only maybe heard of and knew nothing about and didn't think they were, they were any good to start this season because I expected the Marlins to be 20 games under 500 like they were last year. Um, but very impressive. They, uh, they put it all together, and they are in the division series. But against the team who I think may come out of this, uh, may come out of the National League and go to the World Series now, the Atlanta Braves, who is my second favorite National League team. So once I got a couple of days past the, the Reds uh, being taken out by the Braves, I got to reset, and now I'm rooting for the Braves to go to the World Series. So, uh, What is the reason that you're rooting for the Braves? What is the reason? Yeah. Uh, since, since the early 90s, I, I just started liking the Braves because oh, I love that. You, you were saying you switched it up. I'm rocking the Marlins hat, so you know whose side of the argument I'm on on this, right? <laughs> yeah, so one of the great, you know, one of the great young players in the game today, 
the leadoff hitter who led the game, sorry, led the bottom of the first off with a home run. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr. Thank you. For some reason, Ozzy Albies' name was stuck in my head. Ronald Acuna that, that whole team is nothing but hitters, so you get them all confused because they're all unbelievable specimens of men and right. ridiculous hitters. Right. And, and Ronald Acuna Jr., he and his teammate are going to battle for MVP uh, this year and probably for the next five or six years. Um, but I think this year it's going to be Freddie Freeman. However, Ronald Acuna Jr. led a second pitch of the bottom of the first inning, hit a – I don't know. I forget what the distance was, but he crushed it. I mean, it was no doubt. Opposite field. Opposite field. Opposite field. Opposite field. So he had to hit it hard. Um, so he hit one out, rounded the bases, everything. He's one of those guys who you've seen before do the bat flips and that kind of stuff and, and you know, be real boisterous going down to first base and really cheer, you know, uh, cheer about it and all that kind of stuff. So we could get into the, all that. The thing is, he hit the home run. I really compared to what I've seen out of he and several other guys in the last few years, I didn't think it was all that big, whatever he did. Um, you see what he did? Or did you, did you yeah, see it? I, I, I watched stop, it live. Walk it off. Walk. Stare at it. Throw his bat as hard as he could towards the dugout. And then start skipping around like a little girly man over to first base. Here's the deal. Listen. I'm just going to start this off because this is taking way too long to describe what happened in this dang on a bat. Yeah, that's the problem. Who throws, a, who throws a pitch, leaves it out over to plate. Ronald Acuna Jr. does what Acuna Jr. does and smokes it to right center. Acuna stares it down, walks five steps, throws his bat, gets around, starts jumping around like a crazy man. All right? I got no problem with that. If I'm a pitcher, I've said this before, if I'm a pitcher and you get the best of me, big ups to you. It's, it's your, this is your time to shine. Go do your thing. I got no problem with what Acuna Jr. did. However, however, there are consequences for your actions. You can't, you can't walk up and tell somebody that you're going to kill them. And then when somebody comes up and says he threatened to kill me and the cop comes over and arrests you for threatening, threatening to kill somebody, like – yeah, there's freedom of speech, but there's also consequences for your actions. Know who you know who the pitcher is, all right? Know who's pitching, and if you're going to act a fool and take a selfie of yourself like his buddy did in the Red Series, well, do something silly, that. then be ready to get one in the ass. Pardon my language. I apologize. But be ready to take one in the butt cheek or in the back or the thigh or wherever that pitch comes yeah. at you. It's going to happen. So – I am totally for if it's against me, you go do your thing. But I'm gonna be like Trevor Bauer, and when I strike you off, strike you out to, to strike out the side at the end of an inning, I'm gonna do my Connor McGregor off the mound and do it and stare back into your dugout because you you can do the same thing to me when you one up me. But if I'm gonna one up you, then just fair game. I'm gonna let you do what you do. But if you're gonna do it, I'm gonna do what I do. So that being said. Know the pitcher. Don't be stupid. If you're going to do it against, if you're going to do it against somebody that's going to come back and hit you after you act a fool, look like a little, look like somebody that's never hit, just somebody just hit their very first home run of their life. Then, then yeah, then you're going to get hit. 
and it is what it is. It's very funny to hear you take a different stance on what the batter is doing. Um, and for me, that's the problem. I'm evolving. I'm evolving. That's, that's awesome. That's terrific. Uh, however, I still don't agree because if you're doing something that could, could be taken as offensive or that you're, you're not being a good sport, you're rubbing it in somebody's face, if that could be taken that way, you shouldn't be doing it. No matter, you shouldn't be doing it. But 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 that might be taken. I mean, how do you know? In the in the heat of the moment, this is a playoff game. This is a three game series. Oh no, this isn't a three game series. They're past the three game series. This is a seven game series. But this is a this is the playoffs, and you led off the game, not the game. Led off the bottom of the first inning with a bomb. You're not allowed to be a little excited about that. Yeah, you can be excited. There, there's, there's different ways to do that without, you know, making somebody, without taking all day to get to first base and that kind of stuff. And I, I might have to go back and watch that part again because when I watched it live, I was thinking, and then I even saw the replay a couple times, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, for me, because I'm a guy that wants you to be, you know, John Stockton and kill somebody and embarrass somebody just by outplaying them and not not doing any sort of motions, not doing any sort of trash talk, not staring anybody down. None of that's I want you to do that to win and and beat your opponent and just do that because that's what you're there to do and then be be respectful and be you know be responsible about how you're behaving uh, in front of a million millions of people watching it and all that kind of stuff. That's what I want. That's not going to happen very often at all in any sport anymore. Um, so now I'm so now I'm evolving the other way where I'm thinking, okay, this guy, you know, this guy walked uh, a few steps toward first base and he threw his bat to the side. But now I'm starting to think, okay, compared to all the other ones that we've talked about and argued about and I had problems with, this didn't seem all that bad. Either way, the, the, the problem, though, to me, is hitting the guy. He got hit. I still don't think he got hit on purpose. I still don't think he hit him on purpose. That's, that's where we were really trying to get to in this thing. It was the second pitch of the at-bat. He threw one pitch? low. He threw one low and outside for a strike, and then wanted to come back inside. He was setting him up for that comeback inside because he already left one hanging out over the plate that went bye bye to right center. Which I, uh, after watching a few things, he's given up a few bombs to Mr. Acuna Jr. the exact same way. I think it was he. The Acuna hit two other bombs against him this year the exact same way. So he went back outside, but he kept it low this time where he wanted it. And then tried to run one inside on him and threw a little uh, threw a little cutter in on him and it just got a little too much. Stop, stop whining. Don't walk out towards don't walk out towards pitcher's mound like you're gonna do something and then turn around and tell your team to stay back. The the team was never coming out because they knew you're you're the scrawniest little fool of the whole team. You ain't going out there. He's not nothing. scrawny at all. Well, he's the scrawniest out of that whole team. That whole team is nothing but giant men. 
They're all grown. Well, Ozzy Albies, him and Ozzy Albies are about the same size. Well, I'm not saying he's not a big dude, but he's not going out there after Alcantara. He's been hit a million times. He does the same thing. I've been watching on YouTube. He's been hit a bunch of times. And when he's a little irritated, he gets hit and he walks around. He takes like five steps towards pitcher's mound. And he sits there and stands there for a minute or he squats down. And then benches, gives enough time for the benches to come out and do their little weird thing where they stare at each other and talk to each other from, you know, socially distant sides of the field and then walk back to them and then walks over to first base. This time he just told his team to stay in. Team wasn't coming out. Team wasn't coming out of the dugout because they knew he wasn't going to do anything to begin with. Well, see, and that's part of the problem too is he's probably – he's responsible for some of that stuff because for, for getting hit now, because he's one of those guys that has built a little bit of a reputation now. So pitchers are expecting him to do all the theatrics if he hits a home run. So even if he doesn't do that much, you already have it in your head that this guy's going to show me up if he hits a home run. So any little thing he does, you're probably like, all right, I'm already angry that I just gave up a home run and gave up the lead. And then no matter what inning it is, you gave up a home run. So you're already upset. And then he, you know, is, is barking, barking and making big gestures and stuff like that and walking down to first base. Even if he does that a, a much smaller and a much smaller dose than he normally does, you're still looking for it and probably in some cases. And, and you're already upset about it. So part of that is going to be on him. It's yes. going to be on him. Yes. Thank you. So let me say that, but let me also say, no matter what, it's not okay to hit a guy with a baseball. No matter what, you will never convince me unless he throws his bat at him. If Acuna Jr. steps in there and and, uh, he gets one inside and doesn't get hit or something, and the next time up he does like a fake swing where he's acting like he's swinging at the ball and misses on purpose and lets his bat go and it flies straight out, which I think is going to happen at some point. I feel like that's probably going to happen in our lifetime. Um, and they, they do like, uh, they act like they're swinging at it, like, because there's, you know, he, you think he's throwing at you or whatever. It's going to get to that because when, when teams start throwing at each other, like we've seen with the Marlins and Braves, this has happened. This happened with, uh, Jose Urania. We, that was the biggest one we talked about mm-hmm. last year. And, uh, and it was Acuna, right? And who did he hit? Exactly. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. And, uh, but that was the first one. That was when he, when Acuna was starting to really establish himself as a star. And that was, that was, I felt like that was flat out uncalled for. It was, and it was, he didn't even do anything, I don't think. I think he hit a home run, uh, maybe to, to end the game. Or he had a couple home runs the day before or something like that. And, and Urania just hit like, it was one of those things where he hit like four home runs in his last five at bats or something. That's right. And Acuna was just, or in Urena, Urena, Urethra, or whatever his name was, <laughs> decided that he was just going to plunk him. So he plunked him. And then the, another one of the deals, he did the same thing. He backs up and he walks out towards the pitcher's mound. And he squats. Everybody comes out. It is what it is. Here's the deal. All I'm saying is your actions have consequences. You're playing in Major League Baseball. You know what could happen to you if – uh, Marcella Azuna, Azuna. I still can't believe the Reds never hit that dude in the head after taking a selfie on his way to first base. Oh, Chris, 
That's what baseball needs. That's this game is struggling so bad for young what? fans. That's what baseball needs, Chris. It's good for the game. Best thing to ever happen. Reds not throwing at Marcelo Zuna. I'm surprised he didn't get hit, but the best thing to ever happen was him not getting thrown at. Why? Because that allows that it, it I I do like celebrations. And and I'm going to enjoy some of them and I'm going to think some of them are stupid. And I think taking a selfie three steps down the line to first base is stupid. That's what However, really is stupid. I enjoy a bat flip because I know when you hit one out, ooh, that feels oh, you're like, oh, it just feels kind of good. And it's like, I don't need this little twig. Get out of my hands. What you doing with me? I'm just going to take my time around these bases. You just get a little, you know, you did feel like you did something good. Now, that being said, you better let the pitcher do whatever the hell he wants to do when he's on the mound. If he strikes you out and wants to do a cartwheel or a, what do you call that little thing that uh, that Chapman did? What I don't know, eight years ago, five, eight years ago, where he struck out, struck out the side in the in the bottom of the ninth. Did a time somersault or something. He did a somersault <laughs> towards towards the catcher. Like if you're gonna do it, just just know both sides. There's different things gonna happen. Don't get mad at him for showing you up when he strikes you out. If you're gonna show, if you're the same guy who would show show up or if you've got somebody on your team sorry but it's how it works it's a team sport you got a guy on your team that's going to show me up as a pitcher when he hits a bomb then when I strike out the side I don't care if you wouldn't have showed me up I'm showing you up as I as I strut off the mound whether you like it or not because it's your teammate doing it get a hold of your team that's what I I, I love that I, I I totally agree with that but that's the problem is I would love to see and that happened earlier it was um it was Fernando Tatis. And yep. uh, who was it? Uh, I don't remember uh, who. It was first his baseman. But, but also the first baseman. Used to play for the Royals. Um, gosh, bless. Uh, uh, I remember. I remember. He, they, they interviewed him, and he said, I, I pulled him off to the side, and I had a conversation with him. And Tatis yep. said, he talked to me, and he let me know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and that's what needs to happen. But, but those that the manager and um, – Gosh, bless America. I can't, I'm going to think of it later. Um, Hosmer, Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer. Um, those guys talked to him and told him, like, look, you know, that, that kind of stuff, it is going to, that's what's going to lead to us getting hit and you getting hit. And we can't afford to lose you because you hit home runs like that. We can't, you know, you, we got to make sure you, you can get excited, but be under control and, and don't be disrespectful to people. And that's the problem. And that's, there's a fine line there. And guys are really dan dancing across that line every time they do, do another new thing or whatever or do a bat flip or take, you know, their first 15 steps toward, you know, toward first base or a slow walk, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, you got to and, – and that's what I'm – I think they, those guys were right for talking to them about that stuff because that's what has to happen. And, but Nope. Everybody's like, no, but you guys are wrong because we need that stuff in the game. Well, as long as you're going to have that stuff, tensions are going to build. Yes. You're going to build because, because it is in the, you want to talk about the heat of the moment. That doesn't make sense to me for the celebration. I mean, some of that, a lot of the celebration stuff is adrenaline. And I understand that's a thing that takes over sometimes. And you, you do, you do things differently than you normally would, but, but, 
when it's a celebration, when it's a positive thing, that's a, you have to have, I think you have to have better control. I think you're expected to have better control of yourself when you have excited emotions and excited adrenaline. You've got to make sure, because that's when I think you're most capable of, of thinking about, okay, I'm really excited. I need to be, but I'm, I'm on, I have the upper hand here. I need to be respectful and I need to make sure I'm not, I'm not being a, a jerk. I'm not being a bad sport here about this thing because that's bad for the game. When you no, start doing the sportsmanship and stuff, and, and that's what you see all these kids. I bet you see it more than I do. You see kids doing it. We see it in basketball and youth basketball all the time, high school basketball, college basketball. Everybody, everybody looks at the NBA and the Major League Baseball players, and if you're doing three arrows and you're doing, you know, bat flips and – and, you know, back, backward flips down to, to first base or somersaults or whatever you're doing, people are going to start replicating that. People are going to copy that, especially kids. And if you're trying, if you're a parent and you're a coach and you're trying to teach young kids to be respectful and respect their opponents, because that, that's, those are the kind of lessons you teach youth, youth players in any sport that, that you're supposed to take into life. That's why sports are so – that's one of the biggest, most important thing about sports, and that's why it's so important for kids to get involved in sports or any extracurricular stuff like that because there are life lessons to be taught through those things that they're going to take with them for the rest of their lives in other situations that are not sports. Those are the things they need to learn. And if they are learning how to – they get a hit or they do anything good, make a play – that, that they're there to do, that they're being taught to do, because that's the goal, the idea of the game. You do that, and then you have to make, do a dance, make, do some sort of attention-grabbing thing where you have to, like, you can, you can spin it any way you want to. It's, it's, it's fun. It's good. For, it's, you know, this, these teams, these are just young kids. Uh, they're having fun playing a game, but there is that level of competition. There's that adrenaline and, and it's the highest level of competition. So yes, the competitive drive and the fire that burns in these, in most of these guys is elevated beyond anything because they have dedicated their entire lives to this stuff. So it means more, more to these guys. It means more than, you know, a, a, a third grader playing in a, in a, you know, in a coach pitch game or something like that. Um, it's so much more important. And these guys are playing for their livelihoods and, and they're playing to win championships. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into, I, I, I'm sorry that I have not shut my mouth for the last 10 minutes, but no. I, I'm, 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 I really, I feel strongly about, where it's gone and it's gotten out of hand a little bit and now so guys are getting hit and now pitchers are a lot more demonstrative when they're getting strikeouts and pitching well and stuff like that and now it's just a now it's just a taunt game and it's the same thing that happens in basketball too you know you 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 make it you make two shots in a row now you got to start mouthing off to the guy that's guarding you you can't guard me you're not good enough you can't you know and now it's a per now it gets a little personal and now the competitive stuff gets and it's it it gets kind of fun to watch for us it's kind of fun to watch but it's also 
it's also bad for the game. And my, I think it's worse for the game than it is for all these people talking about how good it is for the game because you want to get youth, uh, you want to get younger people excited about watching the game. I think it's teaching them. I think you're getting, ex, you're getting young people excited for the wrong reasons. I think you're teaching the wrong things. Unless you figure out a better way to do those things in a more respectful way, and I think it's very possible to do that, I think people are just getting lazy about that. And, and people are just giving, giving some people a pass uh, when, they, when they are doing that stuff because eh, it's just fun. It's just easy to say, ah, it's just young kids having fun. This okay. is Major League Baseball, though. This is the highest level. It's time, to, it's time to take responsibility and have fun at the same time. Right. So number one out of all that, I believe 100% that the bulk of this – is created is is started before these guys ever get to any higher level or high school or anything like that uh emotion is the emotion in sports is good for sports it's it's good to have emotions when you do something that is almost one of the probably the hardest thing in sports hit a home run I mean, one of the hardest things to do in all sports is to hit, you know, a 90-mile-an-hour fastball or whatever, you know, 100-mile-an-hour fastball. To have emotion after that, that's not a bad thing. But it's being taught the correct way to show the emotion. I totally agree with you on that. I know I talk about, you know, beefing up and, you know, strutting and bat flipping. And yeah, I do. I mean, there's to a point, some of that can be okay in a certain way, right? Like there's, there's a way to do it and not show somebody up. Once again, always come back to, come back to this whole time. There's consequences for your actions. You do whatever you want, right? You do whatever you want but there is a right way to do it. That's why you're getting hit. Now, will it get out of hand? Does it get out of hand sometimes? And if somebody just watches a home run for a second too long and a pitcher hits him, yeah, that happens. But that's been happening for a hundred years. It's, you know, it, it, that's, that's, I hate to say it's part of baseball, but it is. The fact, what did you say? You said, I wrote it down. I was trying to write stuff down as you were saying it so I could remember to come back and hit on it. Yeah, use it. Now guys are getting hit. It's not now guys are getting, but guys have been getting hit for doing this stuff for a hundred years, 200 years maybe. It's not just now. It's just now the celebration is so much bigger. The people getting hit are about the same clip as it's been every year in baseball. Like I don't think more people are getting hit now. And I can't say that for a fact. I haven't looked it up. But I don't think more people are getting hit now than ever before. There's more celebration, without a doubt. I enjoy celebration. It's entertainment, right? They're major league baseball players. They're getting paid to entertain us. I enjoy a little bit. No? No? What are they getting paid to do? They're, they're getting paid to, to play baseball to the best of their ability to win games. Right. And, and, but why are they getting paid? For exactly what I just said. They're getting paid because sponsors 
know that people want to watch them. If you're watching them on TV, you're only watching it for one reason, to be entertained by what's on the television. You're, you want to be entertained. If, you, if it wasn't entertaining, you wouldn't watch it. Whether that means playing to the best of your ability and just being an unbelievable athlete, that's entertainment still, right? You, you, have your, you have what entertains you. I have what entertains me. You know, Joe Blow has what entertains him. In the end, you're watching sports for entertainment. Like, it inter- John Stockton entertained you. He didn't entertain 90% of, uh, of, of the fans in the 80s and 90s, but he entertained you. But that's what he's there for. That's why he gets paid, because people pay money to uh, uh, advertisement places. So you look at it because you're watching it because you're entertained. So there's an entertainment aspect to it. And even now, way more than ever in sports. That's literally why sports, why, why these athletes get paid so much. So there's a yeah. level of it, but you, it's, it, it comes down from the lower levels and being taught sportsmanship and what sportsmanship is. At some point in time, it's being lost. With, with a lot of these guys. As a coach, that's one of my biggest things in the world. I hate more than anything when you get a little tiny kid that you're coaching and he's like, oh, we beat them by nine. They, they're not even any good. Oh, yeah? Next time you play them, they might come back and beat you by 10. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't. No, you ain't. There's always somebody better. And trying to teach the lessons and let them understand those things, you have to I just don't, it's not being taught as well, I would say. So those things happen as we get older. At the same time, if you're going to do it, you better be good with everybody else doing it on the other side. Like, don't be doing this and then get upset when somebody does this. So there's, there's a give and take. And there's a, like I've said a hundred times so far today, there's consequences for your actions. Take a selfie of yourself walking down first. You're going to get hit in the head. Right. And that's. I know you don't like it. No, it's not okay to throw at anybody. It's not okay. But it's baseball. It's also not okay to hit a dude in the nads while you're playing defense against him or trip him or, you know, shove him or give him a little elbow or, you know, punch him in the gut or whatever you do when you're playing in tight and you're a scrappy John Stockton basketball player. (laughs) Right. None of those are good either. That's, that's, That's right. Yep, and I when you when you asked me, don't they get paid to entertain? I I I was I was thinking about entertainment a different way than I think you were. And, and to me, entertainment is just a byproduct of of the sport. Like yes, and, and then you you explained I think what you were trying to say, um, or you explained what you were saying, and I was just thinking about it a different way. Um, but it's yeah. It is entertaining. Like I, we watch sports because we watch sports for entertainment. But to me, entertainment is I watch sports because I'm entertained by the sport, by the strategy, by how good those guys are. How good they are, exactly. I, but, That's how right. I am. Yeah. But but for me, the entertainment is not. I I don't watch it because I want to see guys bat flip and I want to see guys do three arrows and stuff like that. That's not entertaining to me. It's, I mean, so, sometimes somebody comes up with something new and it's funny or different and, it, and it's kind of, you kind of, you kind of get a little laugh out of it or something like that. 
but I don't watch it for that. And, and, and if it's, even if it is funny like that, I'll enjoy it for a second and then think, okay. And, and then, especially if you see that the opponent is, is frustrated by it or something, or they feel like they're, you know, it's, it's a taunt or something. Then I'm like, yeah, don't, don't do that ever again. You know, that's not, that's not okay. Um, I, you, you said it, I think we both agree that there are ways, there are ways you can celebrate and look, it's not restricting. It's not, you know, it's not a people, you know, would, would, I feel like would be quick to say, Oh, whatever. You gotta, you know, have rules about everything. You gotta be so uptight about everything. No, there is a balance between, between having fun and you can do your, all your high, your, your, different, uh, you know, 25 step high fives with every single teammate and everything do that stuff in the dugout. When they come in, they hit a home run, go do that stuff in the dugout, spend the rest of the inning doing different high fives with guys. That's fine. Whatever you want to do in the dugout, but what you do to, you know, as part of the game that's going on, that's a different story, you know, and sportsmanship, it comes, it boils down to sportsmanship. That's what it is. You're, there's good losers and there's, there, or there's bad losers and there's bad winners. Yes. And bad winners are worse than bad losers. Yes. Sore winners are worse than sore losers. Totally it, agree. It's, been, it's a thing that's been said to me since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I would rather you be up. I would rather you be more upset about losing then be more over the top when you win, right? There's a – sore losers are no good. You don't need to be a sore loser. But a a bad winner is way worse in my book. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I do kind of enjoy some things, you know. Sometimes I enjoy a little – I enjoy a little entertainment. Like you said, though, I'm more of that guy in the dugout. I love the – I love the the 18 – 18-5, 18-5, smack the head, kick the feet, elbow to elbow, chest bump, turn around, come back, flip flap, do your thing. <laughs> I love all that, dude. I love I because I love handshakes. So if I can if I could ever be with somebody every day long enough to come up with a handshake that had like 30 points to it, be the greatest thing of my life. I would love that. You had one with your son for a while. I remember you guys showed me a long time ago. Still do. Still do. Still do. We do it all the time. I got one with you. The longest reigning, the longest living secret handshake. It's not a secret handshake. Longest reigning handshake I have with anybody. I got a few of them with all types of people. The longest one is with you. Nobody else does anything about it. About ours is though. Simple. Exactly. I know what yours is. It's one, two, clutch, done. It's it. It's it. That's why you love it. I love Me and it. My son, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We got ten. It's a ten step. It's a ten stepper. I'm a I'm a simple man. I'm simple minded, and I like a simple. <laughs> probably more because I'm simple minded, and because I I can't remember all that. Hey, look, I know my I know who I'm doing them with. I know when I got to get elaborate and have some fun. I mean, I got a dab at the end of me and my sons. I don't even like dabs, but <laughs> he does. You know, you got to be. If you want to have handshakes with people, you gotta you gotta be do what they want to do. I know you're short and simple, so boom, boom, let's go. Yep, I am short and I am simple. <laughs> that being said, speaking of short and simple, 
I think we're done. Can we, can we be done with this? We've got fans of this podcast that try to get us going about hit by pitch stuff all the time. <laughs> and we get hot and heavy and we do this, you know, every few months. I think I, I'm done. I feel like we've, I feel like we've said the same thing a million times. We did. And uh, so, so yeah, we're done with this until the next person gets hit on purpose. Uh, like I, Ronald Acuna. Here's the deal. I just want everybody to know in the Joe Kelly case. Uh, yeah. He hit that dude. Right. I mean, we, I, I was kidding about it when we did the podcast and I was standing up for him in this case. I am not kidding you. I, I, I don't think there, if you really, if you really pay attention to baseball and you really look at what happened in this game, I don't think you could prove 100% without a doubt that that dude tried to hit him. I don't think, I personally don't think he did. Number one, if you're doing it, you do it in the first pitch, right? I mean, you just do it and get it done. He threw one low and outside, and then he came right back inside. And if you watch it, he threw a cutter that's got a little tail, a little cut back inside, and it just cut too much. That's the thing, man. I, I think this kind of stuff is evolving too. And I think guys know what to do to make it look less intentional. So, yeah, you can throw one outside, throw a ball, make sure he doesn't hit it because you know you want to hit him on the next pitch. He didn't pitch. make sure he couldn't hit it. He threw a strike on the first pitch. It was, was a it strike. Okay. Okay, so so even better, even more, even more tricky. Here's a chance for like. you to hit a bomb. Now I'm gonna hit you. No, I disagree with that. I disagree. It, the 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 pitch looked like it was so far inside that it looked like I don't think it. I don't think it could. It, it could. Just, it ran. It just ran too much, man. He threw a cutter that had a little too much movement on it. Happens all the time. It looked it like it started in too far. It did. Knows it it's started gonna over the plate. It started over the plate. All right, I got to go Look back and pitch. watch it. Then. Look at the pitch. Watch where the catcher sets up. He doesn't start moving until that ball is halfway down. He, I mean, he was here and it just kept going. People throw pitches like that all the time. People miss by six, eight inches all the time. I'm not saying he wasn't trying to throw inside. Yeah, he was definitely trying to throw inside. Was he trying to kind of maybe brush him back a little bit? I don't want to say the word brush back because I don't like that word when it comes to pitching. But was he trying to throw inside to kind of get him to, to move a little bit so he can get that back outside corner again because that's his most effective pitch? Then, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. But pitchers miss by six to eight inches all the time. I think he just missed six to eight inches and hit him in the booty. <clears throat> I, I don't think you missed six to eight inches off the plate and you hit a guy square in the hip. So it's okay to miss six to eight inches off the plate uh, on the other side, but it's not okay to do it inside. Or you think they're not doing it on purpose when they throw a ball that's eight inches off the plate, nowhere near the strike zone outside, which doesn't even which make, which makes no sense of a pitch at all. Cause if you're trying to throw an outside pitch, you're throwing it outside to where he can't hit it, but you're not throwing a ball that far outside because nobody's swinging at that. And it's not even close. So you obviously missed your spot. 
but you don't think that that's possible to do inside? You think that's purpose? Well, it, it's possible, but I don't, I think it was so far inside. I, I, that's the last one that we talked about too. Uh, the Joe Kelly one. The Joe I, Kelly I thought was, it was on purpose. I thought it was pretty it was on purpose. Yeah. But I thought, I thought the, the spot was pretty much just the, pretty much the same. It, it, it was, it started way too far in to be an accidental. Whoops. It got away a little bit or it tailed in a little I hate, bit. I hate started that. too far I in. Hate. It was, He's throwing that pitch. He's throwing that pitch because he knows I might, maybe it's not, I have to hit this guy, but it's, I'm going to throw way, way in. And if he doesn't get out of the way, no, well, that's, I don't, I'm kind of no, glad about that. No, that's not it. No, I can't, I can't do this right now. I can't do this. You, you don't, <laughs> you, right, maybe I need to go back and watch. Could you imagine throwing, could you imagine, imagine throwing the ball a hundred miles an hour? Imagine throwing a pitch 98 miles an hour that moves 10 inches when you throw. Imagine that. Okay? That's a lot. It's a lot of movement. When you let go of the ball and where it ends up, that's a lot of movement, right? And that's a lot of high speed. The fact that everybody thinks because you're on a major league mound that at any point in time you can't lose control. People lose control all the time in games and they miss too far outside, or they throw a ball a, it literally a foot in front of the plate that, 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 that lands in front of the plate. But when somebody hits somebody, it's a different story. You're watching it right now. I can hear it. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to watch it real quick. Um, well, except for this ad. but <laughs> All I'm telling you is one of your biggest excuses, which is irritated, and it's one of the reasons I do this, I get – I get like this and, and argue with you so much, even though most of them, most of them probably are hit on purpose, right? There are some that are hit on purpose. If somebody throws a breaking ball and it hits you, I'm sorry. That's not on purpose. All right. I'm just telling you right now, nobody's throwing a 80 mile an hour curve ball, 88 mile an hour curve ball and hitting you on purpose. They're just not doing that. I if, think that's possible now. I think that's another one of those. I'm not that saying that it's doing. not possible. I'm not saying that people don't have the control to be able to do it if they wanted to. I'm just saying if I'm going to hit somebody because I'm trying to prove a point, I'm not throwing an 88 mile an hour curveball at them. I'm throwing heat and I'm throwing it 95, 98, 100 miles an hour and making it hurt. There's a reason you're doing it. I'm not throwing 88 and having it come in and graze them because it's already moving. No, I'm throwing a beeline piss missile directly at them. Even though, but guys are guys are trying to make sure they're not getting they're not getting. Uh, I think that happened. I think um, one of the guys that got hit from the Astros earlier this year. I think that was the same thing. It might, I think it was the same game that Joe Kelly hit. Uh, all I'm whoever it was. All I'm telling you is there's no point in that. There's no point. You're still hitting the guy with a ball. It's not like I mean, even if it's even if it's eighty or something, you're still hitting him. It's it's not like it doesn't hurt. You're still sending him the message like you're. I mean, if you want to hit the guy and it's not the same message. That is not the same message. I'm gonna tell you right now. I get hit with somebody throwing a curveball. Curveball's moving, big time moving. It's breaking hard, so it's never gonna hit you directly. It's gonna graze you. It's gonna. I mean it. It, even if when it does hit you directly, number one, it's not as hard. Number two, that thing is spinning and moving. So it's not going to hurt 
or do the damage that a fastball does. If you're hitting somebody and you're doing it on purpose, you're not throwing a curveball at them. And I, I don't, maybe this is just my love for the game coming into my head right now and being overly obnoxious about this. But I'm just telling you that I think too many – it's like saying – that's like saying, well, Steph Curry came down and, and hit a three from half court. Uh, well, the last one, did you see the last one he did? He threw it behind his back and, made, and threw it and made it in from half court. Well, huh, phew, huh, he did that on purpose. Like, okay, this is, that wasn't even close to being – making any sense at all. But all, <laughs> I'm saying is, all I'm saying is things that people make sound so easy because it's a professional level – doesn't necessarily mean it's that easy to do. That's what I'm trying to get to with that, with that sure. description. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um, and, and I've watched it you know, three more times now. And, and what? Tell me what. And tell me. I mean, it, it's not impossible that, that it, it – you know, it, it really that got ball, away from him. Tell me that ball didn't start over the plate on the inside corner and didn't cut all the way I, back. I don't, I don't think it started. I don't think it started over the plate. Hold on. Let me go one more time. It, I, I don't know how the – I mean, when it, when it leaves his hand because he's in line with the plate maybe, but it, it went – it looked like it went – like it didn't even – it didn't start and then break. It looked like it came out of his hand – and went that way. You know what I mean? Kidding me? That thing was moving from, from the moment it left his hand. That thing was already that's starting what, to cut. That's what I mean. He didn't throw it straight at him. There was he no threw that thing and it bent. But right, but it that that makes me think even more so. It, it either like slipped and it was and it got like way out of like it way away from him. It was a foot and a half off the plate. It wasn't he didn't miss off the corner. He, Listen, he, I don't think he was trying to throw a strike. I don't think he was trying to start that pitch inside and, and just miss. I think he was trying to throw that pitch three inches inside. I think he wanted to miss on purpose. Well, he missed about 15 more inches than three inches inside. It happens all the time. It not, not happens all. all the time. It happens 100 times in a game. How many pitches are thrown in a game? Uh, 200 and let's say there's not, not inside thrown in a game. It happens outside to your point. Like you were talking. Well, how is that difference? Just because it's outside to inside. It is. How is that different? Because you, you're, you're throwing not supposed the pitch. to hit a guy. It's a, it's very different. You're All I'm saying is if you can miss outside. You can miss inside. Yes, of course you can. But, but you're not going to throw You don't want to hit a batter. Exactly. I know that. You also don't want to throw a ball so far out that he possibly doesn't swing at it. You can well, do that, do that way more often. You want to throw inside too much to where he's not going to swing at it because you want it. You want him to kind of back off the plate a little bit, and you want him to be thinking about that inside pitch hitting him. You want him to have that in his head so you can throw the outside pitch and get away with it. But you don't throw one way outside on purpose. Because there's no point in that. There's I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like that happens a lot. Exactly. That's exactly right. It happens a lot because pitchers miss that much all the time. This one just got missed on a pitch coming in. Guys throw out, out of the zone, though, 
outside more often than they throw out of the zone inside, I feel like, because you don't, because there is the, there's a batter there. You don't want to hit him. I think it's way different. I agree. I really do. I agree. <laughs> okay. I agree. I agree. All I can't right. do this anymore. I can't. We were supposed to stop five minutes ago. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. All right. Uh, then we, then it is time to go on to our NFL picks. Please, please. Because now I'm starting. Now I want to go and throw with you so we can throw pitches to each other and see how far we miss. That, that, would, be, that would be so – that wouldn't make any sense because we are not professionals. And I know you just went on a thing about how it's, it's way harder, even though they're professionals – to control that pitch or whatever, but it's way, way, they're way, way better at it than anybody, than 99.9 infinity percent of the rest of the population. So you have, you're, you're pitching, you're, you're up 0-1 on, on Ronald Acuna Jr. You're not giving that up. You don't get ahead on a hitter like that very often. You get up 0-1 on Ronald Acuna Jr. You're not, throwing at him on purpose after that it's just not happening i'm done that's it i know i see your eyes i see those silly eyes the the you're crazy i don't agree with anything you just said eyes rolling back and forth i wish everybody had was listening to this on youtube and not just on apple Podcasts, so they can see the eyes i get from adam all the time those are the eyes i get from adam all the time if you say something crazy and i think it's crazy i sorry <laughs> unfortunately i say something crazy way too much <laughs> no um all right <laughs> what's crazy is that i try to pick three games against the spread of a sport that i don't even really care that much about every week you three and oh so la- <laughs> no so last week was week four and um we uh, neither one of us did well. I'll just say that. Have we done well yet? Has either one of us done well yet? Neither one of us has has had a winning record for a week. Neither one of us has had two correct picks or more, <clears throat> and that continued this past week when I went one and two and you went zero oh and three. Uh, so didn't so take, didn't I take the Packers? But I take the Packers in my three-man pick them. I think I took the uh, Packers. Yeah, that must have been another pick. one. You had the Rams, the Texans, and the uh, New England Patriots in this one. Oh, I feel like I should get a – I feel like I should get – no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I didn't know Cam wasn't going to play in that Patriots game. Oh, well, when we get to our NBA Finals uh, talk, I will, I will uh, talk about that same thing. That's why I stopped. That's why I stopped. <laughs> That's why I stopped. Is what, we pick them on Wednesday. We tell everybody, don't listen to us. We're picking them on Wednesday. All right. So after after four weeks, um, I'm three and six, and you're two and seven. I mean, neither one of us are doing well. So uh, it's it's all about who does who does the least bad <laughs> between us. I feel like now. Um, but moving on to this week. Do you have your picks, or would you like me to go first? I want you to go first. I just watched Ronald Acuna Jr. again. (laughs) I I can't stop watching this thing. That ball got away from him. You know, I I want to bring it up. 
I want to bring, <laughs> I want to bring it up and share it on the screen so that people watching on YouTube could see it. But I don't know how the, I, I think there are um, like copyright laws that, that I think we may not be able to do that. Or well, we may, just have too many listeners and too many viewers. We would get caught. Right. So, uh, so I, I was, I was actually no. If you're critiquing something, you can put it up. Oh, such as if we were critiquing a song, I could we could put any song we wanted up huh. as long as we were critiquing it. That is part of the rules and laws, bylaws. I was reading when we first started this three years ago, I got into some of it because we had a couple of musics take a couple of our music taken down in the beginning with uh look at this eye look at this eye why is this eye always closed i don't know how to open it this eye is always closed i don't my right eye is always more closed than my left eye i don't know how to fix it it's just always there look at that i did i it's always like that always 100 percent. always like that i don't know why no idea I, I could I didn't notice that at all. It's the one thing I hate watching myself on this silly oh, Zoom call. It's too. the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Look at these crow's feet. All right, woman. Talk about crow's feet. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's get into it. All right. My eyes as wide as I can open them. Yeah. Oh, I have I have lazy eyelids, I feel like. I'm a, I'm a, this one. mine's just this one. Just this I, one. There are a lot of pictures where I look like I'm, I'm on every kind of drug you can imagine. All right. Well, uh, my first game I'm taking is the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Cleveland uh, color Browns and the Indianapolis horseshoes are favored by a point and a half. And I am taking the Cleveland Paul Browns, uh, because they're at home, and so they're a one and a half point underdog. I'm taking Cleveland. Okay. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings are visiting the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seahawks are favored by seven. And I am taking the Seahawks to win by more than seven. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are in Atlanta against the Falcons. The Falcons are a two-point favorite, and they have not won a game yet. I am taking Carolina. I'm taking them to win outright, to be honest with you, but they just have to cover two points. All right, Adam, I am ready to do this. <clears throat> I have been excited about week five. This whole time, I have I I told you I wanted you to go first, but for real, I've had these picks ready to go this since since uh, Monday, since Tuesday, since yesterday. Yeah, I've had these ready to go since yesterday. I'm since impressed. Week four got over. So the first game, I am going to take uh, a I'm going to take the favorite. I'm going to take a road favorite. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Cleveland Browns. I think uh, I think the Colts they're getting or they're giving a they're giving a point and a half to the Browns. I just don't think the Browns are there yet, so I'm going with the Colts. Um, game number two. <sighs> so I keep going back and forth on this, and and the Seahawks are so good. 
They're one of the best. They are one of, if not one of the top three teams in football. Uh, there's some about this Vikings team. I, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I think it's going to be closer than everybody thinks. I'm going to take the Vikings plus seven. Uh, let's see here. Last but not least, the game on my paper has me. Okay, so we've got a winless Falcons team playing against the Carolina Panthers. Let me tell you something, brother. I think, I think Matty Ice and this Falcons team is better than everybody gives them credit for. And they're giving two points, I know, and the Panthers are terrible. So I'm going with Matty Ice and Julio Jones. As long as Julio Jones plays, I think they cover the two-point spread and win this week. And I'm going to tell you also right now that for some reason, the internet's not working on my phone. So I wrote down what you said and took the opposite. <laughs> I did good though. When you took the first one, when you took the Colts in the first game, I'm like, oh, he wasn't even paying attention to what I was talking about. He was just looking at this stuff. He doesn't even realize. He doesn't even realize that he just picked the game directly against me. And then you did the second one. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. There are a lot of games that don't have lines yet. So, yeah, there are less games to pick. So, okay, just happened to be good. And then the last one, I'm like, oh, okay. I saw it in your eyes. The it's third one. Turkey. When I, I, I was trying to think of a different way to say something about the Falcons, and I said winless Falcons, and your eyes just came up and gave me the, the same Adam eye roll I always get. <laughs> you said something crazy again. You had to do it. Crazy again. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so this will be good. This is going to make or break the first half of the season right here, Bob. Yeah. That's, that might not be a bad strategy. So um, somebody's definitely going to win the Colts-Browns game. The other two could possibly be ties. Why do, why do you say that? Because the Colts-Browns game is one and a half. Oh, so oh I score half a point. So I got one of us is definitely going to win that game. Okay. But the other two games could literally be a two or seven point game. So nobody that just that just shows you that my brain is never is never thinking about. <laughs> so anyway, if you're watching this on YouTube, as I said those words, I got the Adam eye roll again. I literally got it again. It was uh, it's not an eye roll. It's just a. It, it's my, an I look up. And then look over. You call you call it whatever you want. You call it hmm. I call it the Adam eye roll. Like no, uh, this is me. Chris, this is me being confused and thinking. Yeah, Chris, you're saying something silly. No, <laughs> I, I don't. Sometimes I think he's saying something silly. Sometimes I think, all right, especially on this kind of stuff when you know way more about you know way more about football and you know way more about like betting against lines and stuff than I do. So I'm like. Is there something I should know that I don't know that I'm going to be embarrassed about not knowing? <laughs> that's what that that's what that one was. I just want you when you're watching this on YouTube later, okay? When you turn this on and watch this on YouTube, go back to the eye to the eyes that you gave me when I just said that, and then go back to the eyes you gave me when I was talking about it earlier. They're pretty close. Pretty, pretty close. close. Huh. Pretty close. Pretty close. Maybe I'm just I'm, confused all the I'm time. I'm kidding. It was definitely totally different eyes. I just like I just like making you think. I like making you feel a little awkward. So now now I feel like you're definitely gonna go on YouTube and watch this. I'm just trying to get our you viewership should. up, dude. I'm trying to get our viewership up. If you if you yeah, if you're listening to this on anything else, um, it's gonna be hard to look at our faces for an hour. But uh, 
just do it, you know? It's Chris has a nice hat on. He always has a really cool if – no, if nothing else, tune in every week on YouTube to check out what, what hat Chris is wearing. To me, that's, the, that's one of the most exciting things. When I log into this thing and we log into this thing together and, and get ready to get started, I'm, I'm excited to see what hat Chris is wearing. First thing Adam said to me today when we got on the Zoom conference call, I logged in. First thing he did was get on and go, let's go Braves. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, it was before, I said that before I even realized that you were oh, wearing that Marlins hat. I thought you said that because of the nope. Marlins hat. Oh, nope. gotcha. Okay. I genuinely am rooting for the Braves. But, and then as soon as Braves, I said that. How could you huh? root for the Braves that just – made the Reds set a record for 22 straight scoreless innings in a playoff series against them. I mean, that's on the Reds. You know, I, I, I was rooting super hard for the Reds. I wanted the Braves to lose 77 to nothing in two straight games against the Reds. But since they didn't and the Reds are done, by the way, so is Dick Williams. Uh, I mean, we weren't going to talk about that, but president of baseball operations for the Reds, Dick Williams, to me, surprised. I had no clue, no clue. He just did a, he just did a zoom interview with the media uh, the day after the game or whatever, the day after game two. And he's answering all the questions about next year and the future and all that stuff. And then we find out today that he is, uh, he has stepped down. Esselini doesn't make uh, moves like that very often. He's kind of, he kind of keeps people around for a while, but, um, I think he had really high hopes for this season being shortened, being expanded playoffs. And when something that bad happens to you, somebody's got to take – somebody's got to – somebody's head's getting rolled, man. But See, real quick – did, Go ahead. I didn't think he was let go at all. I, I thought he was – I thought Castellini wanted him to stay, but he – because I, what I read is that he told Bob Castellini in August that – he, this might be his last year doing this. Oh, no really? What. I just assumed he got let go. I mean, you no, know, I think this was all, all Dick Williams deciding he, he wanted to do something else. No, man, that sucks. Well, then, then screw you, Dick Williams, for leaving us hanging. <laughs> well, I, he did a great job. I'll tell you what. He's been part of that organization for 15 years, and he was the biggest part of getting it built back up after, you know, they went after the you know, 2012, 2013, last time they were good. Uh, you know, kind of getting it built back up and getting these uh, these big signings the last two years and stuff like that, and and put putting this team in position, even though they weren't very good most of the year until the last two weeks. But still, I mean, they, they got where they got because Trevor Bauer is here and because Sonny Gray is here. So can I just say this real quick? Um, I I almost responded to a tweet by somebody. I almost respond like I'll respond to a tweet that you send out that's got me attached or like uh, different fans send out or different people send out. But if you're a verified account and you send a tweet out, like I'll like it. I might even retweet it, but I was this close to retweeting with a comment today. Oh, uh, what did tr president Trump say that you were so mad about? Oh no, I hadn't. <laughs> Here we go. No, it was Trevor Bauer. Somebody uh, tweeted out some regular Joe. Here it is, this dude, Red Leg Jack. He said, hey, at Bauer Outage, thanks for making the Reds fun to watch again. 
it's going to suck not having you around next year. Yep. Trevor Bauer. Who said I'm not going to be around next year? I also heard that he said that uh, the Reds are probably the front runner right now for him to sign. However, the day before, Trevor Bauer himself tweeted at the Red Sox saying, hey, I'm going to be in town or something like that. What are you up to? Like flirting with other teams already while he's still a member of this team. Listen, listen, this dude ain't stupid. It's a business, man. It's a business. He's got no ties. He's got no ties to anybody. He don't care. Now, at the same time, he probably had a bunch of fun in Cincinnati, so he'd be totally good coming back here. I feel like he would be the same thing in Cleveland. He really loved his time in Cleveland. Now, he knows where the money's at. He ain't stupid. I'm going to tweet at Boston. I'm going to tweet at the Yankees. I'm going to tweet at Chicago. I know where the money's at. I'm going to tweet at the Dodgers. I'm going I'm – those are the four. I'm tweeting at all of them. And I'm making sure that I'm making pit stops in all those cities with my mask on and, you know, my hazmat suit and everything else. But I'm flying. I don't know how I would feel about flying, but, oh, boy, you know, he'd do whatever he wants. He's going to go fly. I wonder when his contract is officially up. If he's still under contract, if he's technically still getting paychecks from the Reds right now, if that extends until, um, I guess maybe there's an end. Isn't there a a time when free agency actually starts? There's a specific date. I wonder if he's under contract until then. If that's the case, then I'll tell you what: the NBA is super duper strict about any of that kind of stuff. I would uh, say so I, I would say I'm. I mean, you get paid during the season you get paid like like when the end of the season comes you're no longer getting regular paychecks like at this point in time you know you'll get separate paychecks for playoffs and stuff like that but as far as I'm concerned old boy's a free agent as of today but I mean that's how I feel I mean I don't know I feel like the end of the season is when when everybody becomes a free agent now when does free agency start to where he can sign? Well, that's probably a whole different story. Yeah, like a letter of the law, spirit of the law kind of thing. Well, I just, but I just feel like once that season's over, then that's the end of it. Then he's a free if he if he's not signed under contract for the next season, the season's over. He's he's a free agent at that moment. Now, I don't think you can sign a free agent till a certain day. But I don't think they have the legal tampering and, you know, illegal tampering time frames that that NBA have. Speaking of the NBA, did you know the NBA finals were going on? I sure did. I know you did. I know you did. And I know I did because we might be two of the only people in this country that are watching the NBA finals. (laughs) They're getting bad ratings, huh? Have you heard? Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think I did hear something about that, but are you kidding? Um, or are you being serious right now? I, no, I, I, I heard that. I think I heard that the playoffs weren't, oh, no, weren't doing great. 
it's bad all the way around. But playoffs and 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 finals, especially in a lot of it, has to do with political agendas and political things going on right now. And we're not getting into that because the reason I watch the NBA is because these dudes are ridiculous basketball players. And Jimmy Butler put on a flipping show the other night to knock me out of our uh our our bet where i might have been able to get another minute of comedy time out of you but i didn't because i didn't get my sweep jimmy uh-huh. butler puts on one of the greatest games of most efficient by the way most efficient 20 23 shots 40 points 23 shots that's like as it might be one of the most efficient triple doubles in NBA postseason history. He's one of only three guys to ever have a 40-point triple-double in the, in the NBA Finals. Uh, one of them, it was he, Jerry West, and the man that he's playing against, LeBron James. Uh, <clears throat> I bet none of them did it with less than 25 shots. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, you're probably right. That is That may be the most efficient one. Jimmy Butler was spectacular in game two. It, it took that because and, – and this is where it hurts me, where I feel like – Game three. It was it – was, it was game two. two. That was the, the game they won was game two. I thought game they were up was two. last night. Oh, game three was last night. Yeah, yeah. And that was – and the Lakers yeah, won that. Or no, no, game four was last night. I was going to say, it was won. game – they won game three. 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 It right. was down 2 when Jimmy Butler did his thing. Correct. You're correct. Yep. See, I lost the game in there somewhere. All right. So you're right. Four. So we're four games in. And uh, yeah, so now after game, Jimmy Butler was fantastic in game three. Lakers came back and won a pretty good game in game four. That's what we were talking the other day. And I, I said, you know, Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo missed games two and three. Bam Adebayo came back and played in game four. Uh, but Goran Dragic is out uh, the rest of the series, I'm sure. I, I'm, I don't know how you come back from a, from a torn uh, plantar fascia, I think it was. And I thought that plantar fascia was just an itis. <laughs> it's, it is when you got the itis. Uh, but when you tear it, boy, I just don't know how you – plantar fasciitis feels like you just would rather, rather your leg – your foot be cut off sometimes i've had it before but to have it torn man that's got to be so much worse in your heel is that when your heel hurts really bad it's in your heel and it like extends it's like connects your the ball of your foot to the heel kind of where's the pain where's the pain when you have it like underneath your foot okay i've never had one that runs a long long way real bad pain in my heel all the time. Like I can hardly walk when I get out of bed sometimes. My heel hurts so bad. Yeah, I, I think that I think you can get you can get sorry for moving the camera, but um I'm I'm trying a different I'm trying a different uh more relaxed since I'm since I'm off work for the next two days. I feel like I gotta be more I leaned I back. I noticed I'm using the laptop as an actual laptop. Here actual laptop. Normally I'm leaned over it all hunched over like this. Like I've been all day. <laughs> Yep. So I lean. I, I I actually kind of relaxed today. So that's why I'm putting my hand, my arms back like this, and that's why you see the spaghetti noodles coming back. And uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I should I should like hold I should hold like dumbbells or something. And pretend, like, <laughs> putting my arms the back. Dude, can I tell you something? If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Play or any of the other hundreds or iHeartRadio or whatever else we're on, if you're listening to this, go to YouTube and look at how white. Adam's arms are. He might have wider arms than powder. <laughs> if anybody's old enough to remember the movie from the 90s, Powder, with John Travolta, this dude might have those kind of arms. That makes me want some powdered donuts, by the way. Was John Travolta in that? Am I wrong about that? Powder? Uh, or, or he, no, John Travolta was I the one where he can make things move. He can make like items move. It was in that same time frame. Anyway, it was another, it was another super weird one. But no, powder was uh, powder. Whew. It was Charlie Villanueva, <laughs> but the color of Adam's arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very good description of who that person was and that what that uh, character looked like. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to the NBA Finals. I predicted Miami in seven, and that was, of course, before two starters, two of their starters were injured and missed two games, and one of them is going to miss the rest of the series, I'm sure. Dragic is out. Bam Adebayo is out. Can I tell you real quick before we get into this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There, I literally pulled 11 hairs out of my head when we were arguing and I didn't notice it until just now. So I'm either going bald or you irritate me that much <laughs> with how you think pitchers can pitch. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, I apologize. Um, how did that, that happen? Oh, cause you, you took your hat, you took your hat off and like did that. You pulled your I'm literally hat. pulling my hair out. I made you pull your pull your hair out. I don't know how I didn't, how I never made my parents pull their hair out when I was a kid. I may have, but uh, they 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 had they had hair. But uh, your dad's got so much hair, he could pull out five handfuls and have more hair than I ever had in my life. Still, <laughs> no, you're just literally uh, can scoop this hair. Off the table into my hand. Yeah, you can't. Oh, see. You're like, like, do it like the dude with the uh, what the salt thing where he like sprinkles it on his, on his forearm yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just give it a little bit of salt. That's All right. So anyway, back to Bam. So thing to become famous. Um, okay, I pick Miami in seven. I, I mean, I'm still alive, but they're down three one. It looks like this is gonna end very soon. Um, the Lakers uh, are really good on defense at times, and so when they when they need to, they lock up. And especially Anthony Davis. I so I you got to say <clears throat> Anthony Davis or LeBron James has to be the MVP of this series right now. Who would you say it is between those two? Um, I think the easy answer is AD, just because his numbers have been pretty phenomenal but 
LeBron is still the one that makes everything happen on that team. I, you know who I, you know how I am, man. I'm going with LeBron. I'm LeBron's the MVP. This team wins. LeBron's gonna get the MVP. If for nothing else, the fact that he's still putting up 20, almost 10 rebounds and 10 assists a game, like he's still dishing out. What AD's getting is because of LeBron. Now, LeBron, well, not all because of LeBron, but he's able to get the spacing and and when when he does get a ball down low and he's isolated down there a lot of that is because they're able to you know because lebron demands a little bit of detail out there or lebron got him the ball in a good spot but uh, lebron might have said it best in a direct uh a direct hit on kyrie irving uh where he said listen man we're just we're we're two superstars in this league and we're not jealous of each other and he was talking about being had being on teams where people were jealous of each other. It was totally knocking on Kyrie Irving. It is what it is. But these two really aren't. They they go out there and they know what their game is, and they play their games. AD is the first superstar that has ever played with LeBron and didn't change the way he played. Kevin Love was a superstar. Came in with LeBron, became a jump shooter. The same thing that happened to, okay, maybe D Wade didn't either, but the same thing that happened to Chris Bosch. Chris Bosch was a superstar and and did so many things in the paint and all over the place and became a spot up shooter almost, almost literally became a three point shooter. And AD is not just becoming one of these big men that have played with LeBron. He is still doing his thing and he is still proving himself to be one of the top. 10 players, 10 to 15 players in this league. For sure. And, and, and for me, I think that's why I would say that Anthony Davis is the MVP at least through four games is because he has such a great impact on the offensive and the defensive end. He has uh, – yeah. his, his defense has been so good, you know, blocking or just changing shots. Um, and- and I'll tell you this too, LeBron, knowing, knowing LeBron, like LeBron wants to be the guy who wins the MVP. He wants to win the, win the championship. He wants to win the, 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 the MVP of the championship. He wants, he wants all that. I could see as, as irritated as LeBron was to not get the amount of first place votes that he thought he deserved for the actual MVP because he made it very clear what he thought about that. As irritated as he was about that, I feel like this is a totally different situation. I feel like he'd be pretty okay with AD, almost wanting AD to get this because he knows he's not going to be here forever. And, And this is his chance to hand a legacy down, right? Or to pass the torch, if you will. I mean, he ain't ready to pass the torch. My man's still got five good years in him, I'd say. Right, you wouldn't. I mean, I feel like LeBron's gonna play for at least another five years. He had in uh, game four, he had twenty-eight, twelve, and eight. I'd say he's got some basketball left in him. I mean, right. I mean, that. Had, but look at Carmelo. I mean, Carmelo was putting up numbers, but and he ended up out of the league. Now it's totally different because he's a different type of player, different type of score. But 
what I'm saying is, is it happens now. LeBron can play as long as he wants because he's LeBron. Same reason that Michael could play as long as Michael wanted because he was Michael. But um, this is also an opportunity to, for, in my eyes, it's an opportunity to pass that torch and be like, look, look, big dog. If I want to win a couple more championships in my career and we're going to both do this in L.A., I'm, I need to start letting you know I'm handing this thing to you. You know what I mean? I need you to know that this is your, this is your team and I need you. So this is – I could see LeBron totally being happy, if not trying to push for AD being the MVP. That being said, LeBron's the MVP. I got you. Yeah, it's definitely easier to root for your guy and, and to uh, be encouraging, uh, you know, for him to go for the MVP of a series when you're up 3-1 or 2-0 or whatever and you're winning and you're about to win your uh, – what fourth championship um of your career but you're right i mean two in miami one in cleveland yeah this would be four and and isn't this his 10th nba finals he went to nine straight missed one and then this will be his 10th yes um that uh, to be honest with you and i know you're not gonna like hearing this but that I think that might be part of part of why some people are not watching the NBA finals. I think there are a lot of people that are like, okay, we get it. LeBron is LeBron's there. He's gonna be the focal point of any series, any game that he's in. And we're just kind of tired of we're ready to see some other teams or something like that. Um yeah. I can see that being a reason. Now I'm going to watch if he's in the finals the next 10 years, I'm going to watch every one of them, but I can understand that. There's way more reasons than that this year. This year, there's way more reasons than that. Yeah. Finals are down. Uh, LeBron is part of the reason the finals are down. I, I believe, but there's way more reasons out there than just the fact that he's been to that many straight. Um, I mean, the last one he went to two years ago was the highest-rated NBA Finals that there that that there's been in in 15 years. So, and that was his ninth straight. So the fact that he's been at 10 out of 11, I don't think that's a big reason why. I think there's a whole lot of other extenuating circumstances in 2020, this year that we're in, that are the reason why the NBA Finals uh, viewership is down. Personally, that's how I feel. I, I feel that way. Yeah. Do I believe that there are some people that are just done with it? I mean, this is the first time he's been there with the Lakers. So it's not like it's not like it's the same old, same old, same old. You know what I mean? It's not like Tim Duncan and and Manu Ginobili and and Tony Parker are going to the finals for five straight years or because they didn't do that. I'm just saying it's not that. It's not the Spurs going to the finals for however many straight years, LeBron's always got a new cast of characters. And there's always a reason to watch it because it's so crazy when he's there. I, I think the fact that it's the Lakers could be another factor as to why some people – because the Lakers are, I think, one of those teams that are kind of uh, polarizing where you are either a big Lakers fan and there are – it's one of those – it's one of those teams that you might live in – 
Idaho or uh, North Carolina or Arizona or Montana and be a Lakers fan. It's one of those kind of teams. But a lot of the country is going to specifically dislike the Lakers because they're a big market, L.A., glitz and glamour, all the celebrities and stuff. People, a lot of people don't like that either. And So I think LeBron being there so much and being the, the face of the NBA for the last 20 years almost um, and, and people just kind of being ready for, okay, let's have somebody else play for a championship plus the Lakers plus two months ago, nobody knew anything about the Miami heat. If you were not a really, if you're not a big NBA fan and you're just tuning in for the finals or the last couple series or whatever, you probably don't know a lot about the Miami heat. That's another factor. I think that's the biggest factor. I think it's the Miami Heat. It's it's the fact that it's not big name versus big name. It's it's LeBron versus Jimmy Butler. Don't get me wrong, Jimmy Butler is a bad man, right? But it'd be like it'd be like LeBron versus Kemba Walker, you know, in the Charlotte Hornets when he was in Charlotte, you know, two years or how long ago has that been? It was just last year, right? A couple years, yeah. <clears throat> two years ago, last year, whatever. But it'd be like it'd be like LeBron versus Kemba Walker and the Hornets. This is LeBron versus Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Once again, both those players are bad men, and they are phenomenal athletes and ridiculous players that don't get enough respect in my mind. But it's to say that people aren't watching because it's the Lakers, I disagree. If anything, the Lakers will bring more because of how polarizing they are. Because you don't just get Laker fans watching. You get Laker hater watching. And there's as many Laker haters out there wanting to watch them lose as there is Laker fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that might be where the heat come in. Because if you're a Laker hater and you, you want to see them lose and you tune in and it's the Miami Heat and you're like, yeah, I kind of know about Jimmy Butler. He's been, you know, and he, he, he hasn't been, uh, you know, he's left several teams on bad terms and he's had bad locker rooms or, you know, run-ins with coaches and, and that's their star and nobody else really, I don't really know about them. And that kind of, you know, if that's the case, then they're like, I'm not even going to watch because the Lakers are going to win. Every, everybody thinks Lakers are going to win anyway. So yeah, that's, I, I think all that stuff, LeBron plus Lakers plus heat plus, you know, people have an issue with the, you know, with all the political stuff, um, which is about to change from what I understand. Uh, I, I think I heard a thing that they're going to start taking some of that stuff off the court and uh, and they're not going to have it so, so out there. Uh, this year, this, uh, it, eh, I don't even want to get into that because. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, I just happened to hear that just the other day that it's going to be. Well, it'll be changing that a little bit, and that it could be a reaction from, you know, it's not. It could be. It's not. It could be. It's. Yeah, it it is what it is. I that's not the point. The point I make this point all the time because I love the NBA, and I love LeBron James, and you can have your thoughts about LeBron James all you want, and and I when it comes to any celebrity in general that wants to talk to me about politics, that is the absolute last person 
I'm listening to about politics. That being said, if you don't want to hear it, don't listen to it. But don't take away from the fact that these are the greatest athletes. Basketball players are the best athletes in any sport, in my mind. NBA basketball players, the highest form of athletics, right? Just the amount of different things you have to do. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in athletics. But but playing at the highest level in the NBA is one of the most athletic things you'll ever do or ever see anybody do. Watch it because of that, man. Just watch these guys go out and work on their craft. Push the rest of it out of your head if you can. That's all. Ah. Yeah. I don't want to. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to no, do. I, we, we agree. We agree on that. We're just we're we're gonna watch. If LeBron I'm watching James, the games, man, I'm yeah, watching I, these I, games. I, right, right. LeBron's not gonna influence me on on who to vote for or anything like that. I'm I'm watching. I'm I'm you know whatever he wants to talk about is fine. But I'm I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to what he says when he talks about when he does that thing that he did a couple of years ago and he actually kind of just did it after last game where he, he like named, like he, he described like four plays in a row or like described like, it, like that's the stuff that impresses. I, like, love that. I, I like to listen to about that. I love that. And gets into in-depth detail of things that move so fast that we miss and they catch. And that's what the basketball IQ. I love that stuff. And and I hate that it is. I hate everything about 2020 for all the other reasons. Right. I hate everything about 2020 for all the other reasons, because I still love sports, all sports, baseball, football, basketball. I love them all, and I'm gonna watch them. Get yeah. too far off task. I don't want to do that. I know. I, I, and I was even gonna. I was even gonna jump into one more thing, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna save that because we're running super late here, and we got to. What you gotta do? What do you gotta do? You're on vacation. I'm. I know, but you have to work tomorrow, man. It's getting late. We gotta get you to bed. I get up. I get up. We'll be all right. So, so we'll 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 breeze right through Dan Soder. Um, his uh, we watched his special, Son of a Gary. Pardon my language. Uh, <laughs> but uh, on on Amazon Prime. So if you did not get a chance to watch that, check it out. Uh, Dan Soder, S-O-D-E-R, is his last name. Uh, let's jump right into it, Chris. What did you think about this? Uh, so I just recently got serious radio because I got the truck we talked about last week, got the new vehicle, got a three-month ordeal of uh, the old serious radio, and have got to listen to the bonfire a few days in a row. And it makes me, and that's a big podcast and a big show, right? Like it's big time. I mean, it's, it is what it is. So um, that being said, it makes me feel so good about our podcast. (laughs) Really? It's not like we're ever keeping on any topic. We get so far outlandish about silly things. And I feel like, okay, listen to that. Yeah. People do that when they do these, when they do these podcast things, right? That's, it, it is what it is. Uh, that being said, Jay Okerson is the star of the show. I love Big Jay, and Dan Dan steers it or tries to steer it. And Dan Dan Soder 
the the comedy was pretty good. He it was good. I I enjoyed it. He did a really good job. He's been doing it for a long time. He loves wrestling. I love wrestling. Big time wrestling. I'm totally cool with that. Um, he's pretty close to our age too. I think he's right he's around pretty, there. Yep, 100. That's probably why he's a wrestling fan. Yeah. Because we went through the same periods of greatness in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, at some point in time, we got some people that really want to come on the show to talk big time wrestling that are huge big time wrestling fans. But it's going to have to be an outdoor show uh, because they're just going to rip off heaters like it's nobody's business. So it's going to have to be after the corona where we can sit outside and figure out how to do this. Well, we can always get them on Zoom. Yeah, we could do that too. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm I'm pumped about that. I'd love yeah. to do that. Oh yeah, big time. It, it'll be it, the the problem with Zoom though. I go back and watch it on YouTube, and I talk over you too much. You talk, I and and it it mutes out everybody else. I know. I don't like that. Well, that's, like the only, that. that's the only tough thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Apparently, there's one called Blue Jeans. We might have to look into that. I think it still does the same thing, but. Uh, no, if we're going to do this about wrestling and we're going to have four people talking, we can't have anybody being muted because these two dudes are really funny. So I would need every quirky comment that would come out. We'll figure that out later. Anyway, right. that being said, um, I wish I would have taken notes <clears throat> on on this because this would have been one I could have took notes on. I did laugh. I, I had some good laughs. I never was disappointed. Like it wasn't, I never got to a point where I was bored. Um, I watched the whole thing through. I'm, I'm going with 3.4. It didn't knock me off, knock my socks off. It wasn't crazy good. Um, but it wasn't, it also wasn't bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I laughed. Uh, once again, with this dude, you got to be able to say to to leave everything on the table and just say, "Hey, don't don't take everything so seriously, right?" Because <laughs> he's going to mess around about some family and some some really some really inside stuff that'll make some people go, "Ooh, inside stuff, good show." Yeah, that's right, inside stuff. Uh, Summer Sanders. That's right. Oh no, is that Summer Sanders in a modern shot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or was it Hannah Storm? Summer Sanders. I think it was Summer Hannah Sanders. Storm and then Summer Sanders. I, th- I thought Summer Sanders was first. Hannah Storm came after. Maybe. Yeah. But Ahmad Rashad, more than anybody. It was Ahmad Rashad ran the show. Yeah. And then recently, Kristen Ledlow and Grant Hill. But I don't think they're doing that anymore either. I was going to say, I didn't even know it was still on. Yeah, they did it for a couple seasons. I, I don't think they're doing it anymore. That's too bad. Ahmad was great. Ahmad was great. Anyway, so all right. What do you think about Dan? So I, it's it was funny to hear you say all that because that's pretty. You pretty much said exactly my same thoughts. Um, I, I, I've seen. I think the funniest things I've, I've gotten from Dan Soder have been from his podcast and him being on other podcasts. Um, him just doing little quips, little, uh, you know, just being funny in the moment, uh, yeah. funny things. So, uh, but, but he wrote jokes and there were some that were, there were a lot of jokes that were pretty good. I thought, and, and you know, he was funny, but there weren't any that blew me away. Um, and, and there were a lot of things that were, 
themes that we hear a lot in comedy and it's not you know you're going to when there are so many especially now there are so many comedians and so many you know ways to to watch comedians and there everybody has a podcast and you know any every anybody can post anything on youtube you are seen and heard as much as you want to be if you're a comedian and so it, it's uh it's a little saturated but i'm loving it and uh and, and the cream of the crop will will rise to the top <laughs> um <laughs> about uh, that and dan soder is is a good comedian and you know he he's up there with a bunch of the good ones now but um i'm pretty much i'm pretty much about where you're at i think i'm at about a three point i think i'm at 3.4 too 3.4 as well whoa how about that yeah well done well done that's awesome nice nice work nice work so that's the first time i think i think we've had the exact same rating one other time uh yeah. when it was at but somewhere somewhere at least one other time i mean it's pretty tough to do when we get into the points um, so that being said, we need to get into what is going to be next week's comedy segment that we are, we're going to watch through this week, and we will critique, if you will, next week. Uh, and I, where I'm going, I'm going off onto Netflix, lady I've never seen before, but I was uh, just perusing the net, the flicks, and uh, popped her up. Uh, the special came on in 2020, so. It's at least within the next, the last 10 months. No idea when it came on, but somewhere in there. That's new enough. Uh, it said 2020, and that's the month we're in, the year we're in. So, yeah, it is what it is. Michelle Buteau. Oh, yeah. Utopia. Have you heard of her? Yeah. B U T E A U. Something like that. Yeah, B B U B U T E A U. Yeah. Yeah, I did see. Uh, I did see this. I did see the preview for this, and uh, I recognized her. I know I've seen her before, not a ton, so it'll be it'll be new for me too. Um, but yeah, that's that's good. I'm with you on that. I think it's I think it's very new actually. Yeah, I it, I mean it looks like it just came up because I've never seen it before. So Netflix, Michelle Buteau, Butopia. Um, we'll have that coming up next week. We are going to start our Mount Rushmore segment next week. Pitchers, right? At, what? Pitchers, right? Pitchers, all-time pitchers. We've got our um, uh, NFL picks mm -hmm. next week. The NFL, or the NBA Finals will more than likely be over, but there is a chance that it will not by next week. good for me if it's not. Exactly. If it's not, that's the only way because I believe Game 7 would be on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, and more MLB playoffs. Good night. We didn't really get into the – MLB playoffs, all the all the series, because we got so far into one specific play. We got a little off track, as what happens uh, on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast every now and then. So, 
that being said, all those things are coming up. We'll see what happens after that. And uh, from there, don't forget to turn your headlights on.